it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, what a great swerve to end SmackDown. Oh man, you know, it just it makes me happy when WWE tries. That's all I ask for. You know, I've been a fan for 30 plus years now. And for the longest time, it just seems like they just don't care. They're not trying. And just this swerve at the end of the show was was spectacular. I really appreciate it. And the match that we will have at the Rumble will be much better for it. So with that being said... Let's just get right into it, and uh, we'll talk about the main event of the Rumble at the end. So, starting off our show tonight, showing Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman in the back, in Roman's office, locker room, whatever you want to call it, and Roman looking at the contract that he has with Adam Pearce for the Rumble. And he doesn't look overly pleased, uh, but he wants Adam Pearce to sign. So he sends Paul Heyman off to go find Adam Pearce to sign the contract. So, I mean, at least it's not a 15, 20-minute promo, you know, with Roman talking, you know, this normal speech, but oh, I'm sorry. Instead, we get like a five to ten minute promo in the ring with his cousin, you know, because we're, you know, welcome to the Bloodline show apparently now. Jay Uso announcing his entry into the Rumble, stating that he's going to win the Rumble, then go to Raw, take the WWE Championship away from whoever the champion is at the time, and that way both he and Roman can, you know, rule WWE together. Chances of that happening are, you know, about the same as me losing 200 pounds overnight tonight. So all in or nothing, it's not going to happen. It's just, sorry. (laughs) No. So 
we have that. And then we go into our first matchup, which is Jey Uso going to get his butt handed to him by Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, this, this set the night going off real well. Because not only did Nakamura get the win, he had Cesaro come down there to help him out, or at least be their moral support. Of course, I panicked instantly when he came out, thinking that Cesaro was going to turn. But before all that, we got Shinsuke's old theme song back. I'm sitting here tweeting away. And I hear the theme, and I just listened to his old theme song, I think, a day or two ago, because I'd really, I don't know, I had that 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 feeling that I really should listen to this. I, I, I miss how it used to sound. Um, I, I liked his, his current theme, and everything was you know, was great, but you know, the old stuff and the crowds, you know, oh, everybody just singing together. It's just, uh, it just brings... So much more energy. So I'm sitting there listening, you know, as I'm tweeting, and I start humming to myself, and I'm just like, wait. And my head, like, slowly rose to look at the television. And I'm like, wait, this is, this is his own theme. And I, I, you know, I live in my own apartment, and I'm freaking out. (laughs) Thank God nobody was here to see me because I was absolutely losing it. I'm so happy they brought the theme back. You know, I know that you know when he went heel, he he needed to add the rock version of it so that the crowd couldn't sing along. And yes, I know there's no crowd, so they really can't sing along. But I'm I'm telling you, there were probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And billions of people humming that theme when it came out. It uh. so yeah, that set SmackDown already on a high plane for me. So Nakamura gets a clean victory over Jey Uso to kick off the night. We then find out from Paul Heyman as he finds Adam Pierce in the back that. Roman wants a no disqualification match, or at least that's what the contract says. So Pierce obviously was a little hesitant at the beginning, saying basically, like, what the hell is the point? It just does nothing good for anybody. Paul basically talks him into it. So he's like, fine. So he signs it right there, hands it off, and so our main event is set, right? Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) So he goes off. Paul goes off. Then we switch gears and we see little Nate in the back, uh, Charles Robinson with Jey Uso. Now, see, Jay tried to use the ropes to pin Shinsuke. Charles noticed it before he counted three. Actually, as he hit three and he waved off the pin, after that, Shinsuke was then able to hit the Kinshasa and get the clean victory. So, basically, the whole point of this is Jay basically telling Charles that he needs to watch himself because 
you know, if you go, if you do wrong by the tribal chief, you're going to get fired. So Charles clearly, obviously, doesn't want that to happen, and neither do I, because it's Little Nate. You don't mess with Little Nate. Charles Robinson is probably one of the, if not the best referee that has ever graced us with, you know, his his constant amazingness. <laughs> I know you can definitely make arguments for other refs, and yes, I'm not. I'm not discrediting anybody else, but I've had a soft spot for Little Nate for a long time, ever since, you know, back at WCW and the stuff he used to do with Flair. It was just, it was great. So long live them, Little Nate. <laughs> After that, we uh, had a nice, well, an interesting meeting. Maybe not nice, not probably not the, the best word to use, but an interesting meeting. We go back to Roman Reigns' um, locker room, and he's sitting with Apollo. Now, those of you, who, if you haven't seen it, on Talking Smack last week after the show, Paul Heyman basically just gave this incredible pep talk and essentially tore down Apollo to build him back up um, when it comes to Big E and the Intercontinental Championship. So... Is this a new alliance? Is this Big E? I'm sorry. Is this Roman Reigns trying to play defense against Big E and trying to let Apollo, you know, be one of his, I don't know, lackeys, but for the better lack of a better term, lackey to head off Big E to take care of that challenge? Who knows? We'll see what happens. It wouldn't surprise me, but who knows? Up next, we then had some uh, women's action. Natalia taking on Liv Morgan. And I have to say, um, God bless uh, Punk Billy Kay. <laughs> she uh, has completely embraced this Riot Squad mentality. But Liv and Ruby still not so much yet. <laughs> uh, but God bless Billy for trying. Um, unfortunately, mm, this, uh, yeah, Billy still trying to, I don't know, I don't know what she's doing, kind of flopping sides again, such cheering on Natalia. Tamita's had enough of this. Tamita's out there. She was out there with Natalia. Anyways, tries to, like, back Tamita into a corner. Tamita, um, Billy then decides to go into the ring to get away from Tamina. Liv then was trying to attack Natalia, got distracted, Fell backwards, Natalia able to roll up and get the pin. So, not the best first, I wouldn't call it first impression, but first opportunity with the Riot Squad didn't exactly go as planned. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's uh, on thin ice, I'd probably already say. After that, we had a match between Baron Corbin our king of the WWE versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic being on commentary. And I have to appreciate this. The first thing he does is throw shade on Michael Cole because Cole was talking about how he used to call Mysterio's matches, you know, 20 years ago. And Dominic immediately just throws him under the bus about how old he is. 
hey, he fits in. He's making fun of Cole. He'll be there for a long time, I'm sure. Um, however, throughout the match, Baron Corbin being as brilliant as he is, uses those mind games to get the best of the young Dominic, uses his emotions against him, just berating him the whole match, telling him, you know, you you won't do anything because it'll get your father disqualified and even lays him out a couple, you know, he pushes him down into his chair once and then lays him out with, uh, with one of his golden glove boxing hands. So, of course, at this point, Dominic's fed up, tries to get in the ring. Ray tries to stop him. Corbin runs into Ray, which knocks Dominic off into onto the floor. And then uh, Corbin hits the end of days. And, well, once you hit the end of days, that's the end. That's the end. You're done. Nobody is kicked out of the end of days. You know, people want to talk about the one we get angel being the most protected finisher. Well, that one has been kicked out of. The end of days has not. Your move, Kenny Omega. Your move. We then we then shift gears to our brand new talk show hosted by Bailey. It's called Ding Dong Hello. It's um an interesting name. Obviously, it's ba- it's Bailey's catchphrase now. Um, you know, comes fully set with a door in the middle of the ring, and Bailey busts in. She looks like um, the science lady from The Incredibles, but that's okay. Whatever works. Has a nice little uh, interview. Her first interview, of course, was Bianca Belair. And, of course, she called her the first G-E-S-T, which obviously is hilarious and fits so well. So, clearly, Bailey came up with this and not creative because, yeah, we don't need to talk about how bad creative is. So, segment was what it was. (laughs) Um, A lot of people enjoyed it. I mean, I did as well, but... I don't know. I think we have too many talk shows as it is nowadays when it comes to the wrestlers. I'd rather see I'd rather see good storytelling that doesn't involve talk shows, but that's that's just my opinion. But we had that and then we moved to some more alpha training, alpha academy training in the back, and Chad Gable really likes hips. I mean, seriously. The, <laughs> um, I don't even really, really know what else to say. The, the hip thrusts is, I, I don't know. But um, Cesaro was back there, and he confronts Daniel Bryan as Daniel Bryan, Otis, and Chad Gable are working on their, chat on their, thrusts, I guess. Um, and basically tells Bryan, you know. Just get ready. And uh, this match between Cesaro and Brian was was fantastic. It was a you know a technical dream. You know, if you if you're if you're a fan of techni- uh, technician wrestling, like the old you know Eddie Guerrero D Malenko matches, so even like the Chris Benoit Mal- Malenko, the, the whole the whole that whole little era where they would just and with Jericho as well, just technical wrestlers just 
doing what they do best. This match was it. Big surprise, at least for me, though. Cesaro wins clean. So not only is Shinsuke getting a push, or at least gets a big win, Cesaro is getting big wins now. But are they a team? Are they just two singles competitors again? We're still friendly. Will it eventually turn into a feud over who's better? I don't know. We'll see. Either way, I'm I'm glad to see it. I, I love that both Shinsuke and Cesaro are both getting pushes. They've both been criminally underrated for so long, even together as a tag team. So I'm happy that they're getting a push. So we'll see where that goes. We then had Apollo taking on Sami Zayn. Big E was on commentary on a very luscious white couch and a mini fridge with the door open for some reason. It's a terrible waste of refrigerant, guys, but whatever. Um, And Apollo looked super aggressive, so clearly he was listening to whatever Roman was telling him earlier in the night. Sami, of course, has his... Uh, his camera squad with him, trying to document all the atrocities that have happened to, to Sammy lately. Um, well, apparently, <laughs> another one happened tonight. Um, Sammy tried to pin Apollo, grabbing the tights. The ref caught him, and then Apollo able to do the exact same thing, only keeping the ref's eyes away from the tights as Apollo grabs a whole handful. And unfortunately, the rest of us saw Sammy's Canadian full moon. So Canadian crack kills everybody. Please, please don't do crack. (laughs) And uh, an interesting tidbit to this, Big E being a little heelish on commentary, um, kind of really talking down Paul Cruz, which really isn't like him. So I don't know if... I don't know what's going on, but they had some heated words for one for each other after the match. Uh, Apollo, once again, touching the Intercontinental Championship, but it's not his. I went over a little bit of a tirade with this on on, on my Raw review. I, I'm not a fan of a challenger touching the championship before they've earned it. It's just, I don't know, I'm more of an old school person when it comes to that. Um, when I first watched wrestling, challengers never touched the belt. Even when they attacked the champion, if the belt fell in the ring, they left it where it was. They probably, at the most, they'd sit there and they'd stare at it after they, you know, leave the champion laying. But they wouldn't touch it because it wasn't theirs to touch. It's bad luck. And just, you don't do it. Nowadays, everybody has their hands all over the titles when they don't, when it's not theirs to have. So I wish we'd kind of reverse course on that and go back to challengers showing more respect for the title. They don't have to show respect for the champion, but showing respect for the title. They haven't earned it yet. Don't touch it. End of story. That's just, you know, in a perfect world for me when it comes to that wrestling, that's how I would like it. But I'm just a fan. My opinion is the same as everybody else's. So it is what it is. So, we then have 
an interesting closing to the show, <laughs> to say the least. Now, a little earlier, I, I, I missed this part. Um, so Paul brings the, the signed contract for the no DQ match back to Roman. Roman looks at it and says, I'm not signing this. I don't want a no disqualification match. I never did. I want a no, uh, last man standing match. Oh, okay. And Paul's like, I don't know how I'm going to get uh, Adam Pierce to sign this. You know, what? what is, what is this going to do for him? Roman's like, I don't care. Just make him do it. So Paul goes and finds Adam Pierce, tells him this is a new contract, essentially. Roman doesn't want a no DQ. He, he worded it so eloquently <laughs> and turned it into how he wants this to be a, an epic match and for it to be a last man standing match. And that he would leave uh, Adam Pierce to his thoughts that by the end of the show, they would be having themselves a contract signing. Okay, that's fine. So we go to said contract signing. And of course, with how Roman is and everything, you know, he wants to be in control and you know make everybody else either fear him, respect him, or you know, get out of his way. So Roman does his entrance. Also, by the way, shout out to WWE for being able to get one of the new NFL 8K cameras for the entrances now. Woo, that stuff is crisp. It looks so great. And it has like this tunnel vision where it just focuses on the main person. Because when they had Roman's entrance, Roman looked crystal clear. Like he was walking towards you uh, as you're watching on this television set. And behind him on both sides, you had Jey Uso and Paul Heyman on the other side. They were just slightly blurry. So it was just complete, narrowed vision, and it was it looked spectacular. They also had it for Apollo's match. I'm probably pretty sure they had it for everybody's match, but I really noticed during those two. So if that's how Fox is going to be doing it from now on, or if it's going to be on USA as well, then I'm all for it. Um it just looks great. I think it really does add to the you know presentation of the show. So with that being said, Roman and company gets in the ring. Adam Pierce then follows suit. Pierce goes and sits down. And Roman, of course, naturally heads to the head of the table. Paul was trying to pull over a chair, and Roman goes, no, I don't want that chair. He kind of then looks over to Adam Pierce and goes, I want that chair. Of course, Roman throwing his weight around. Pierce, you know, reluctantly gets out of the chair before he was forced to get out by Jey Uso. Roman takes his chair. Pierce goes to the other side, sits in the other chair. Roman already signing the contract. Or actually, he already agreed to the contract. Pierce signs it. Then goes, slides it over to Roman. Roman signs it. They're all smug. Everybody's happy. Adam Pierce takes it, closes it up, picks up the mic. And this is where the fun started. Into the mic, he says, I've waited all night for you to sign that. And, of course, you see Roman's fully confident face immediately start to turn into bewilderment confusion, and maybe a little bit of fear because he doesn't know what's going on. 
So then Pierce walks out of the ring, starts walking up the ramp, and then all of a sudden, his knee starts to bother him. So he gets to the top of the ramp, turns around, and ta- starts talking to the to Roman and company, basically like, you know, ah, got this old knee injury. He's like, you know how it is, with old, with old wrestling injuries. You know, they just act up from time to time, and, you know, ah, and you know how, you know, with these contracts, it's all standard, you know, WWE messaging, you know, cards are always subject to change. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be medically cleared. And as a WWE official, I feel it was my right to find a suitable replacement. And I pretty sure, you know, we have ourselves a replacement. Adam Pierce kind of motions to the back and then the swerve. Kevin Owens music hits. Out comes KO. He signs the contract next to Adam Pierce's name. Ladies and gentlemen, our swerve is complete. Your main event for the Royal Rumble is going to be Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in the last man standing match. Now, if you thought their last matches were great, This is going to be a complete and utter destruction. As for who wins, I don't know at this point. This could be KO's turn. Hold it until the, you know, until Mania. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But Adam Pierce tonight. Basically told Roman, you don't run shit. (laughs) So, a fantastic way to end SmackDown. I can't wait to see what happens next week. The Rumble is on the 31st, 16 days away. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be 15 days or shorter. The Rumble's always been my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Without having any crowds, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'd really hope they pipe in people chanting down to, to from 10 to 1. and the, But who knows? We'll see what they do. But this rumble looks real good. So I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, how this goes. But that's SmackDown for tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter, media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube as Bedlam Media. On Instagram as Bedlam Media Official. We're on pretty much every podcast platform out there. If you listen to a particular platform and we're not available on them, just let us know on one of our tweets, one of our messages, one of our, you know, Posts, whatever. Let us know where you're listening to your to your podcast, and we'll go. We'll find it. We'll add ourselves. We'll try to add ourselves to it, and then you guys can listen to us everywhere. So, thank you again. My name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Bethany Media. Thank you guys again so much for watching. I hope you all have a wonderful night, a wonderful day, whenever you're listening to this. And please do not forget to join the Bethany.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.